Well, hello. And welcome back. To your take is excrement, where we we, we uh, stumble our way through. through intros. Yeah, we're new to this. We've never done an intro before. What's a podcast? Um, where am I? I yeah, I stumbled in here. Uh, Who are you? <clears throat> also, I really I want to I want to bring this up now. I think that it sucks a lot that uh, this is the second podcast in a row. Uh, that I have been hung over on the podcast. Yeah. I mean... Does uh, that sound like May is developing a problem, or does that sound like coincidence to you? Uh, I don't know. That's up to you. But I, I do want to say... Are you also hung over? No, I feel great. Oh, um, fuck off. No, How I, did you do that? I uh, got four hours of sleep, and I drank a lot of water. For context, we went out and did a big, crazy uh, show yesterday at Meow Wolf, so we've been... Going ape shit. Don't worry about it. Anyway, having fun. Having fun. And uh, getting drunk at Ikea at noon. Yeah. Think I about mean, it, right? Yeah. It's well, a pretty I, decent idea. Ikea's the best SCP, uh, and you can fight me on that. Yeah, I mentioned that to somebody yesterday, and they laughed also. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. They also thought that was hilarious. I just want to say, uh, we're yeah. we're trying to, to get these out on time. There's just been a lot of scheduling conflicts yeah well uh, so there'll be like an event thing or there'll be like travel problems or you know i've been um in the process of doing a little bit of like moving shit um so i've been like traveling all over the goddamn state all over the all the time so like we're, we're doing our best we, over here <laughs> we are we are maintaining but even though we are so busy all the fucking time it seems we still Find a way to, to see a movie every now and then. To see a movie. And, yeah. And then we sit down and we, we, we tell the people about the movie. About the movie in our takes. Yes. So the movie for this week is Call Me By Your Name. Yes. A now, movie where. Oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, you go. You oh, go I go off. All right. A movie where uh, Twink Timothy Chalamet. Gets absolutely destroyed by uh, by a vampire murderer. Yeah, what's his? What's the actress' name? Army Hammer. Huh. His name even sounds like he's a, a I, secret murderer. Literally, like right before I walked in here to do this podcast, uh, my friends on Discord were talking about how much they want to beat Army Hammer to death with an Army Hammer. Uh, well, I think with a brick <laughs> was the expression. Isn't that good? I'm going to show you, like, unironically. Oh, wow. It was, wow. like, the last thing I saw before we sat down to do this. Are we killing him? Is, is Everybody's getting together and we're going to kill Army Hammer? People is talking that... about how much how much they hate Army Hammer. Wow, they do. Army Hammer's face looks so punchable to me. It's unbelievable. I know his great-grandfather was from Odessa, too, but I refuse to apologize <laughs> for my stance. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, also, I didn't mention this, but my name is May. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm Neo. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, at Nick Spheres, and at Anxious Respectfully. Yeah. Respectively. Uh, you um, can also find the podcast on Twitter. Uh, your take is, is X. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon, uh, slash excrement. Yeah, and our sponsors for the day are? Our sponsors are Machine Age Productions. Um, and their uh, short film, Nine, on the Nick's Horror Collective on Shudder. It's coming up, right? Yeah, on, on August 13th, I finally got that sequencing right from memory. Yeah. Uh, and Ambient Dream Studio, the Etsy store. Uh, be sure to go check both of those out. Yeah, and we'll have uh, some more spaghetti uh, coming out of the oven, which is not how you prepare it, well, uh, it later on in the show. Yeah. Yeah. You can like bake spaghetti. It's actually pretty good. You gotta make sp- we gotta make the spaghetti over here. You know what I mean? Anyway, all right, bitch. It's time to fucking fucking round with the movie. Uh, so uh, the first thing first things first. The season. What we've been trying to do here for the last many episodes at this point is talk about the the like literally me Sigma male movies. Right. Uh, which is basically just like any old movie that a bunch of dudes are just like. Yo, I want to be like that. I decided to make my whole personality out of that. But as we've mentioned in prior episodes, our real definition of this is the is the view that like um, that it's a man's world and it right. should maintain being a man's world. Yeah. And so 
out of fucking nowhere, I must admit, we are going with Call Me By Your Name, which a lot of people don't associate as being kind of Sigma male Yeah. But I uh, would, I, as a fan of the film, would say <laughs> it is. Uh, a fan, you say? I liked it. Uh it I'm was gonna sexy. I got hold my opinion scared. for a little bit. But okay, before before we really get into the movie though, I just want to yeah. bring up something. So like at work, I have this coworker. Yes. Uh, and he's a really cool dude. He's like 20 and he was like really sheltered. And I mean, but he's like a really nice cool dude. And like a couple weeks ago, the dude comes in, starts talking about how funny Andrew Tate is. Mhm. And since then, I have just been Watching this dude's like slow descent into inceldom, uh huh, and it's it's like unironically breaking my heart. It's like really tragic. Yeah. Um, well, so and it's like every time he says something, like I, it's like it's like I'm faced with like it's like do I explain to him how fucked up it is, right? Or or is me trying to educate him only gonna like make it worse? I don't I don't know if I've ever. Uh, mentioned this before, but there's like this this lineage for for the incel uh, as far as like limiting their own dating pool into oblivion. Uh-huh. So like you know, an incel would argue that they are not having sex because women will not have sex with them. But the arg- the, the truth is, like they've probably like tried to date prior, and then like they f- were frustrated that their girlfriend was. Uh, left more left leaning than Hitler, so they were right. like, "Oh, that's a problem." So they probably like felt detached from them because they were like, "Well, I'm the only one that's smart with my politics," and then they do that until they develop this sense where the only people they could ever date are basically like right wingers, right? And then, like, I don't know if you've seen a lot of right wingers, but they're not um, particularly hot. Uh, I George Carlin has that bit that's like. Uh, have you noticed that all the pro-life people are people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place? <laughs> Which is very true. Uh, so the incel is like, oh, okay, so I, uh, 51% of the population are women. That's who I'm going to date. And then like, okay, but most of them are not conservatives. So then you limit the pool. And then most of them are, you know, most conservative women are older. So they want to date young, hot women. Right. So young very limits your dating pool because there's not a lot of young Republican women. And then attractive young Republican women. Right. (laughs) Even smaller. So they get to this place where the the only people they could date are like these fake, not very not real imagined women that they'll literally never find. Yeah. Um so the the fucked up thing I feel for for incels is that they're literally in a trap of their own design. Right. And it's like, well, and it's like this dude at work, he's like he I was talking with my boss outside of the room he was working in. Yeah. And he and he was talking to some other dudes and he was like he's like, "All right, I have a question for y'all. If if your girlfriend or wife has an OnlyFans, should should you get half the money?" Because you know, it's like she's your girlfriend. And everyone else in the room was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah, it's what? And he's like, well, because, you know, it's like, you know, you know, it's like, you know, you have a say in her body because she's your girlfriend. So shouldn't you get half the money? And everyone else is like, no, dude, what? So it's just like, yeah, it's like, dude, you will never find a fulfilling relationship if that's your approach to women. Yeah. Well, and so, so call me by your name. <laughs> Anyway, Inter- I'm sorry. I just I well, no, 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 no. I I actually can segue this. All um, right, Se- segue away. Call me by your name has an interesting overlap with this because it's it's kind of a about <laughs> about a a guy who has sex with many women and women not a problem for him. You know, right. he's young, uh, but he's he's gay. And he's scared of that. Um, And so the only way that his homosexuality could really manifest is in this fantasy somewhat older man (laughs) who makes him less afraid of being gay. And then 
essentially leads him to a place where he no longer fears being gay because he's like, well, I will do it with this guy. Right. And then that guy gets too afraid and stops being gay. Yeah. <laughs> Destroyed. Um, and then leaves. Yeah. So my my thing here is that this this movie actually has a lot of overlap with, like, incel bullshit for right. some reason. Uh, like, okay... I've mentioned this on the podcast before. The uh, the the cis gay guy hating women, like cis gay guy misogyny thing. Holy shit! <laughs> like, call me by your name. Right. Like, he he literally was less just like, yeah, I fucked this one girl, but I ghost her because really I'm just down for this one dude's dick real bad. I'll even fuck a peach about it. Right. Like. Uh, wow, women are disposable, huh? Right. Anyway, so the thing that I've always mentioned about the Sigma male thing is that it's like they view it as being a man's world and it will continue to do so. And the thing that I think everyone, the question on everyone's lips is can a gay movie also exhibit the behavior of thinking it's a man's world and finding women to be inconvenient, discardable, or a problem? And it turns out the answer is, uh, yes. I don't. Oh, that's true. I already. I. I have my own mic. You don't need to. No, 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 no. I, a second one. I wanted everyone to know. <laughs> okay. Um, no, and I think I don't know. Like, there's that angle on the movie. There's also a big old grooming angle on the movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've never been. I've never heard of this. What's grooming? Uh. Is that like when you go get a haircut? <laughs> yes. But <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I'm but, sorry. That was just fuck. Anyway, yes. Um. So that's the thing. Call me by your name is a movie that I really like, but I feel genuinely bad about. Like, right. Because nothing about this is okay for There's me. There's a little bit of Lolita just kind of sprinkled a bit? in here. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The whole movie feels like this really surreal, like. Uh, wet dream. Yes, uh, it is so like hyper, uh, uh, hyper realistically gay, but it's like uh, a, unrealistically. It's all, gay. It, it, it's, I don't know. Ah. It, it's kind of like a seventeen-year-old's like Tumblr, <laughs> Tumblr post about. It. Yeah. Well, um, okay. when when this movie came out, I believe Tumblr was still kind of cool. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, so to to, to summarize the movie, uh, yes. Timothy Chalamet uh, is in Barcelona with his rich Jewish parents. Yes. Uh, and he speaks like every language, uh, <laughs> and all the all the ladies uh, like him. Yes, they and do. He's very popular and very hot, and uh, uh, everyone just likes him. And then but. his family uh, is has a guest coming over who is a dude who just graduated college or his master's or his doctorate, whatever, who's, like, the smartest. Like, he, his dad's a professor, but this guy is is able to, like, win arguments against his dad. And, and he's, he's fit and he's athletic and he's hot. And all the women also want to fuck him. Yes. And everyone wants to constantly be around him because he's just so incredibly cool. Like, this this motherfucker, Arnie Hammer, is like the coolest human being ever to exist in this in this movie. Yes. Um, well, so, and, okay, the, did we mention that this is the 80s? Oh, yeah, it takes... Yeah, sorry, this is important. Uh, oh, okay. It, it takes place in the 80s. Uh, yes, the 1980s. The 1980s. Uh which was a great time to be alive, as evidenced by this film. Although, you must understand that being gay in the 80s was a bitch. Yeah. Uh, it was a bitch. It was bad. So, so, like, this could have only really happened in a little villa in Italy. In briefly. In Barcelona. Bar briefly. Yeah, briefly. Barcelona, Spain. Oh, I'm a fucking moron. Uh, anyway, Barcelona, Until briefly. My brave, my brave freedom fighters free themselves from Spanish dominion. Uh, uh, yes. Don't worry about it. That's a deep cut. Either uh, way, my point is, if you're gay in America, you know, you got to deal with Reagan bullshit and AIDS and fucking all the things. So it's genuinely, like, fucking terrifying to be gay at that time. And a lot of people are just like, well, time to get myself a beard. Yeah. <laughs> got to grab that skirt as soon as possible. Uh, and, and so 
this movie is mostly about what, like, okay, it's about a lot of shit, but what it's really about is how devastating and deeply disappointing it must have been to be gay in the 80s where while people were beginning to be more open about it and come out about it in the, in the world a lot more, um, they were, like, shoved back into the closet, and that pretty much just, like, broke everybody's hearts and right. killed everyone. <laughs> uh, so, like, it's a crushing film, but it's crushing because that's, like, the reality of the situation. And then, like, alternatively... The film, if you if you choose to view it not through that lens, even though that lens is definitely a lens, you view it through a different one. You uh, will discover that it's about how a seven like seventeen year old guys have a tendency to be manipulated by older gay dudes into being gay, and then they're like, "Actually, I am gay, and this is awesome." Yeah, which is uh, kind of weird, and I've heard people tell talk of this yeah a lot of people talk of this as if it's some sort of fact so i guess i what does that mean i'm not allowed (laughs) allowed to debate this but uh i do know that milo yiannopoulos mentioned one time that he was like thankful that someone who was older than him like did a bad to him when he was younger because it like allowed him to experience almost like, and I've heard this many, many, many times. Yeah. And that's a weird pull. That's a, that's a very weird take. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily saying that like, it's, it's bad to discover you're gay when you're young. And I understand that discovering you're gay when you're young means having to fuck a dude when you're young. And that means that usually you're not going to be fucking like somebody who's equally 17 as you. I get all this stuff, but my point is like, okay, there's like explicitly meant to be this weird kind of age difference daddy thing going on. And I don't know. Yeah. So I, okay. So to finish, so they start yes. off kind of hating each other, or yes. As, or <laughs> Timothy hates this dude, and yes. this dude is just kind of like, uh, being the cool bully towards Timothy Chalamet. Yes, and then they uh, fall in love. Well, you well, see, well, they're at a party, and then "Love My Way" comes on. That song that's like, "Love My Way," it's a new ro-. that song comes yeah. on. And then they all dance, and then uh, it's they're fucked from that point. Like, right. They're they're gay as shit from that yeah. moment. Yeah. And so then they, uh, but the older dude keeps on being like, "We really shouldn't do this because, you know, it's it's not a great idea." Timothy Chalamet is like keeps on coming on hard to the old dude, uh, and then Timothy Chalamet fucks a peach about it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that's gonna be the thing. Yeah, and then they end up getting together. Timothy Chalamet's parents support it. They mention in the movie. Here's here's like the one nitpick I have with the movie, or the one like like narrative nitpick is yes. like his dad is like, I don't. Your mom doesn't know about this, and she doesn't need to know. This is a guy thing. But then like earlier in the movie, the mom goes to Arnie Hammer and is like, Timothy's really into you. You should, like, go hang out with him. You should be around him. Well, yeah, both the parents are pretty into it. But the the thing is, but, like, they're, they're like, uh, well, the dad is gay. You know, yeah. that's that's the bit we find out at the end. The dad's gay, and he's like, you know, you should you should enjoy what you've had because it was beautiful. And yeah. it was beautiful, and I didn't get to have it, and you did, and it's you should never hide this part of yourself ever because you should live your life. And it's like, um, pathetic. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That was really rude. But no, no, no. My point is like, uh, he's, he's just like, he's like begging his son not to let this moment turn him back to being straight. Right. Well, so, but then, but then he, he goes and spends the old Arnie Hammer's last four days in Spain hanging out. And then Arnie Hammer leaves and that's the end of the movie. So he leaves and gets married to a woman. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Okay. So right off the bat, um, like talk, you know, going back to the whole, like, uh, older man 
like little the, boy. Little boy. The, okay, well, it's not a little boy. He's no, like a, he's like a twink. But it's still like I don't know. It's he's still underage. It's still problematic. And and there's in this movie there's really big like, well, Timothy Chalamet just wanted it so bad. Yeah. I, I, I it's like I was trying not to fuck the the seventeen year old. The seventeen year old just wanted it so bad. Well, and what am I gonna do? Say no. So I think that the the point of contention for a lot of people here is if you're if you're willing to entertain what the film is attempting, then you have to accept this and move on, which sucks. Right. Um, but it is true, and it's true of many films. You know, right. it's like the gateway for entry is okay. This is going to be a very accurate depiction of the sexual feelings of 17-year-old gay boys uh-huh. uh, towards older men and how they sometimes get to fuck them, and it's really weird. Right. Um, and also, is that grooming? What is that? How does that work? It's nuanced. There's a lot going on. Um, I remember when this film came out, there was this big debate where people were like, is Elio bisexual? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I raised my hand. I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's uh, exhibiting a lot of like compulsory heterosexuality for fear of like, or, or or just like that's what he believes he's supposed to do. Right. He believes that's normal, so therefore he believes that that's what he's supposed to do. And then when he realizes that, you know, it's not fulfilling and there's a more fulfilling thing for him, he goes towards that. So does that make him bisexual? Well, he has had sex with multiple genders, but. I don't think he's necessarily pursuing women. I think he generally discards them and views them like very, I want to say he belittles them a right. lot. Um, yeah, so, but but like generally everybody likes him. It's not like anybody thinks that he's like a bad dude or anything like that. He just like has a tendency to go flying off into his own weird gay world. Right. And not realize that he's like 17, it's the 80s. You know, while his parents may be supportive, this guy isn't going to stick around forever. No. And, and yeah. And I, I guess the point I was trying to make is, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm like, like, I don't, I think there is a lot more to the movie than just the, like, the age aspect. Yes. But I, I did just want to say, it's like, I think, I, there's this, you know, um, uh, like, uh, how do I, how do I put this? Like, um, if, 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 if it's a movie about a 30 year old pursuing a 17 year old girl, yeah, then that's a giant yikes. Yeah. You know, so like, even if she, just cause it's gay, it doesn't make yeah. it weird. It and even make if it not weird, even if she wants it or likes it or whatever, it's like, yeah. there's still this inherent age power dynamic. And so I think that like, you know, even if it's gay, it doesn't make it right. And yeah, and I think that. Anyway, so I, I I just I just wanted to like like say that. So I'm not. No, I I get you. So, um, um but I also think that uh, um, that thought died. I think my thought died. Yeah. Well, so I I feel like the film, you know, it, it depending on who you talk to, it either makes apologies for this sort of thing, or it just like accepts that it's some sort of fact about being gay. And and that aspect of it is kind of like a problem. Right. Anyway, my well, point is that it's the gateway for entry. Yeah. Either you're cool with it enough to watch the movie, or you genuinely are so bothered by this concept that that in and of itself just kills it right. for you. Right. Well, in 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 so so the, the thought I had is yeah. is that I something I appreciate about the film is is how the film ends is is it ends with Timothy Timothy Chalamet broken because the relationship dynamic was kind of fucked from the start and, and he didn't realize that until he didn't it realize that deeply. and it got and, and, and he got burned yeah. uh because ultimately he was disposable to arnie hammer right um anyway so i, I just want to say i think i think if you are going to do that narrative i think that right. that this is the way to do it where you, you at least like, they don't end up together yeah it's like you showcase like no this this was an unhealthy dynamic yeah um um well, and so that that's one aspect of it. That's one reading of it. Um, I know that this is massively off topic, but I would also like to mention that Army Hammer is a vampire murderer who drinks the blood of babies. 
Okay, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but did you did you look into this at all? No. So his Twitter DMs like leaked a while back, uh-huh. and he supposedly not only was he like grooming a bunch of people supposedly, he was also like, and I don't mean haircuts anyway. And he may, was he was may. fucking on there via like, yo, can you mail me your blood? I want to drink it. We- I want to cut you up one day. Is that weird? And it's just like. Yo, Army Hammer, I can't believe the things in your brain. Right. And I don't know if he's really been quite as respected in the world since that <laughs> happened. I, yeah. I, I, I'm sure he's probably some kind of sex criminal, um, maybe even a murderer. He claims that he's definitely done some... I don't know. Anytime there's like a, like 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 a, an actor in Hollywood, that's just my assumption. Is that they're a murderer? No, that they're like a weird sex criminal. Oh, they, okay. They, they've this done, is fair. They've done like I'm not. I don't know. I I just feel like a lot of them have. A lot of them at least have voyeurism fetishes, which is a little spooky. You know the whole. And also, a lot of them have narcissistic power fantasies where they're yeah. like, "I want to see myself on a big screen." It's like, I don't. It's hard to view oneself that highly. I I, I imagine. And then anyway, have, like healthy sexual relationships. Right. Anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway. 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 We're we're getting all over the place. My point is just like, okay, call me by your name. While being a, you know, when it came out, it was fairly well praised. Um, I didn't like it the first time I saw it. Um, I was generally uncomfortable. That's uh-huh. that's how I would describe it. The second time I watched it, you know, I was over the bullshit, and I thought that it was really romantic. Uh-huh. And okay. then I I had this this thought where I was like, you know, there's not really a lot of gay movies that are genuinely genuinely romantic. It's right. like pornography but with romance. There's not a lot of gay stuff like that. Does that necessarily make it good? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like this this is definitely a movie you have to watch a couple times to refine your takes. Yeah, well, in in the last time I watched it, I genuinely was like, "Yo, I didn't give this a chance. Like, uh-huh. I probably should have," um, and I felt kind of bad about that. Right. But uh, now that I've actually like <laughs> given it the old college try, I can agree that there are massive problems with the age gap thing. Mm-hmm. I think that there's like an unhealthy power dynamic, but I also think that the movie depicts the unhealthy power dynamic right. and doesn't like run away from that idea. No. Um I do think that uh I, it was really really funny when I saw this movie in the theater and everyone on earth got up uh, out of their seat and left the theater uh when Army Hammer began drinking cum out of a peach. I <laughs> <laughs> On that Good note, shit, huh? What uh? Oh, is it is it ad break? I don't time? know. I was asking you what time it was because I forgot to start my timer. It's about that time. It's about um, ad time. Yeah. So are we gonna go to the grocery store and find some fruits? We to are fuck? gonna we are gonna find some fruits. Um, to fuck. To fuck. I mean, peaches are, are a good choice. I wanna fuck a pineapple. A pineapple. Uh, that's an interesting pick. A little acidy, it, I would think. Probably gonna hurt. Just a little bit. Yeah. You could do the Reddit classic and go with the pumpkin. <laughs> I wanna and on fu- that I wanna, note, I want to fuck some kale. You know what I mean? I <laughs> just, just some big old leaves, you know. Some leaves. All right. Well, some mint. Speak, some ginger. Speaking of of fucked up, horrible, scary things, uh, like fucking food, like fucking food. See, uh, that's the one. You remember those like icebergs and shit? No one ever put any of the weird like food fucking bullshit. Yeah, I don't uh, think even those people want to acknowledge it. Yeah, it's uh, that's a anyway. Listen, here on Your Take is Excrement, we acknowledge any and everything fucking weird. Uh, yeah. All right. And on an unrelated note, <laughs> we'd like to thank uh, Machine Age Productions uh, and their short film uh, Nine on the Nick's Horror Collective on Shudder coming out August 18th. Uh, Very excited. Go watch that. Uh, go enjoy that. I um, sure am going to shudder. Shudder. I sure am going to shit my pants. Anyway, uh, the next... Uh, ad is for Ambient Dream Studios, which is a fantastic Etsy store covered in beautiful colors and art uh, that you can put on your wall to cover up those those like slightly yellowing walls from all the cigarettes that you're smoking at your desk. I know <laughs> I'm talking to Hunter S. Thompson here, apparently. Uh, anyway, 
you know, occasionally you gotta you gotta look up, and I know looking outside is nice, but consider looking at something that isn't outside, but is like an impressionistic version of outside, and it's kind of trippy, and it's like, whoa, this makes me remember back when I had time to do LSD, but now I don't. Anyway, uh, Ambient Dream Studios is great. Check it out. Go buy some shit. Also, check out Patreon.com/excrement. Yeah, if uh, you can listen to episodes early, if we ever. We're ever able get around to, to making them early. Get around to making them early and not late as fuck. Um, yeah, if we ever catch up, everybody's gonna be so happy over at the content farm. Uh, yeah. but do genuinely go support us on Patreon. Um, helps out a lot. We're buying yeah. a lot of new gear for shit, and we're gearing up for another season. So we gotta have a bunch of shit together. Uh, yeah, we, so I, we might have to do a second season of the Sigma. We're uh, we're thinking about we're it. Thinking about it. Let us know if you want us to keep on railing on sigma films or if you want us to move the fuck on and we are going to do come and see at some point it is on the calendar yeah there's a bunch it's gonna happen yeah uh but just let us know otherwise uh what y'all want us to keep doing yeah Uh, yeah now now back to call me by your name back to fucking a peach yes um Oh, God. What else is there even to fucking say about Call Me By Your um, Dad's Name? I, uh, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet speaking French is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Um, okay, well, that's well, right. What, do you, do you not share that opinion? I, I you know, I, um, I'm going to veto this. You're going to veto that? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth. You don't like Timothy Chalamet? He's okay. He's okay. Listen, I I am not ever going to be the guy that's like, yo, fuck that hot person. I I'm, don't wanna, I'm just never going to be that bitch, I right? don't want to I, I I'm, I don't want to fuck him. I'm just saying like his No, I'm not saying I want to fuck him. I'm okay. saying I'm never going to be that kind of person who's like fuck that person who's hot. Is right. my point. But I will be the kind of person who's just like yeah, not not for me. Not no. I mean Twinkish, but now, now, you know, now if close it, listen, your eyes and imagine blonde hair on that. See, I was about to fucking say. Yeah. I was about to say, okay, now. See, you, now, can, you can fix this with a can of bleach. I, it, okay. You know, listen, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is very attractive. I will give you that. Uh huh. But if he had long blonde hair that I could pull, then we would really be talking. <laughs> um,. I honestly, I don't think I've seen a movie that has him in it that I haven't just liked because he's amazing in that movie. I mean, he is a very good performer, uh, but also now now I can't get this whole blonde thing out of my head. I don't know. Oh, well. I've been practicing my mental flashbangs, and I've gotten pretty good at mental it. Mental flashbang out. Blonde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Careful. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, um, call me Uranus. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with a good joke. Call me by your something. Come on. Think about it. Uh, think about it. Come on. Uh, uh, I, my mind just keeps on wanting to go back to the peach thing. Call me Call me. Uh, the doctor. Call me a doctor. Call me. Call the doctor. Anyway, I don't know. I got nothing over here. I'm, uh, <laughs> too, I'm too brain dead to come okay. up with good jokes with, about with the film's excellent title. Excellent jokes. The, well, um, like, listen, the Fight Club episode where I was just like, yeah, Fight Club is, you know, where a bunch of guys get together in a thing, a fuck club, you know, and they all fuck yeah. each other. I'm never going to top that. No. I'm never going to top that. Well, also, this, this, oh, top that. <laughs> uh, but no, 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 no. This this movie is, is almost immune from criticism because I can't be like, ha, 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 it's gay because it's gay. Yeah. I can't be like... Dude movie, Sigma movie is gay, stupid gay. You're over there being, like, homophobic, but your movie's all gay and shit. I can't do that because the movie is gay. Yeah. Uh, So I think one thing I noticed. My one joke. Your one joke. (laughs) My one superpower, Uh, calling men gay. I I can call them straight. Yeah, this movie's awkwardly straight, to be honest with you. I find it weirdly straight. There's too much sex with women in this movie. There is a lot of uncomfortable, unhappy sex with women in this film. Yeah. But it's not like over-dramatized unhappiness. It's just sort of like they fuck, and then Elio's like, well, I'm going to go eat some potato chips. I'm going to go and he leaves. Uh, grab a peach. 
Yeah, uh, and and they're just like, okay, well. So this may have just been me being high on uh, on edibles. Yes. But were there shots in this movie that lingered for like thirty fucking seconds? Yes. Okay. The the thing is, this this film is directed by Luca Guadalini. I I'm gonna I probably pronounced that wrong, and I'm, I'm everyone is currently uh, typing really uh, fast. <laughs> the he directed the uh, the Suspiria remake as well. Oh okay. Um. So yeah, he has a thing for like, I'm gonna call it like, I'm gonna call it new Italian neo realism. And if anybody says that that is not going to be okay to call this, then you can fuck off. I'm going to call it new Italian. Well, it might be Spanish. I don't actually know. Can you look this motherfucker up? Yes. Uh, but if you disagree with us and our ideas, um, I demand satisfaction and we will settle pistols at dawn. Oh, pistols at dawn. Okay. Tell me more about Luca Guala. Blah, blah. Uh, I, I want to know his last name so that I can pronounce it correctly. Why is why do I have an alarm about to go off? Um, you're oh, going you're mind. going to jail. Uh, I am. It's it's time for your court uh, hearing. It's it's your take is excrement, but we fight off cops while we record the podcast. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's see. Uh, ew, he's Sicilian. Okay. I don't know why I said ew. I don't I don't really care either way. Does that does that is that more Italian or more? What's his last name? Uh. Guadagino, Guadagino. I don't. Guadagino. I'm not. I'm not very good with Italian. Okay, we're getting somewhere, but uh, but let's get so so let's go with Italian. New Italian neorealism is what I'm going to call it. Um, the reason I'm calling it this is because it's it, it's very akin to filmmaking styles of like, um, like, well. The the guy who made uh, Eight and a Half. I can't remember his name right now. Why can't I remember his name? Oh my god, I'm worthless today. Um, but but yeah, no, it's it's very reminiscent of of that sort of vibe. Uh, even like kind of Bergmany, um, and a lot of people are gonna be like, uh, but it's like a modern gay movie. But like, it just it has this pace to it that is something we don't really see very often which is basically it, it it will let the shit it'll let the scene run in a, in a master shot uh-huh it'll give a, a plenty amounts of action and and also every camera move feels very intentional right but also it is it is very delicate lingering very slow very right intentional um but it will just let things play out in masters so that i feel like that is something that is very Neo-Italian. Yeah. Well, there, there's uh, a Italian neo-realism. There's a quote by yeah. him that that directly applies to this, and it's a. Yes. I think beauty is a very overrated concept. In particular, what is overrated is the idea that beauty comes from objectivity, or, or beauty comes objectively. Uh, from yes. this perspective, I'm not interested in it at all, and I am definitely not interested in style. I'm interested in form and the shape of things, uh, and in commitment to the degree of never letting go the quest for meaning of things. That can come off as beauty and style, but that's not where I start from. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so that makes a lot of sense. So, the the weird thing is, I would call it very blunt. This uh-huh. movie, I would not call it very in with intent poetic. It feels like every camera move is trying to capture information and the shape of things. Like, and I I just it's not it's not very it's not very poetic. It's not very intentionally poetic. It's just very factual. Uh, uh-huh. Which is the exact same thing that I would say is true of Suspiria. It basically took all the poetry of Suspiria, sucked all that out, and just made it very neo-realistic. Right. So uh, there's this director named uh, Mikkel Haneke, who uh, we should probably watch one of his movies one day. Um, I don't know which one, though. And also, I don't know how I feel if I like him or not. I I genuinely don't know he made this really good movie about a femme cell called the piano teacher that's really fucking good uh (laughs) wow that's like one of those hot takes you hear about anyway uh yeah he made a great movie about a femme cell uh but no 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 um he he does this thing as a filmmaker where it's just like really really long takes 
But it's not like long takes where they're show offy. <laughs> right. Where they're like, we do a bunch of stuff and then a plane comes through and then there's all this dialogue. It's not none of that bullshit. And also, I'm of the mind that long takes are not very effective generally. I, I think usually if you just do it with edits, it usually makes the, the moment hit so much harder. Right. Um, and also, our, our eyes like edits generally. Yeah. And usually, whenever a filmmaker's trying to impress me with a long take, I'm finding myself not paying attention to the beauty of the story or the thing that I'm supposed to be paying attention to. It's like so. What, what it's like the director going, "Hey, look at me over here." You know what I mean? So what you're saying is, is you you don't like that that long take in Avengers Endgame. Which one? The one where Spider-Man's like holding on to the wait. Isn't there a really obnoxious long take? Probably, but I, I, I was I trying even, to make fun of it. it uh, admittedly, CGI I, I do not remember a fucking thing about Avengers Endgame. I remember not liking it. I didn't like it either. But I liked, anyway, I liked anyway, anyway, War. okay, uh, all right, all right, all right. Um, so the thing about Mikkel Haneke is okay. that he does these long takes, uh-huh. but nothing fucking happens in them. He will literally just set up a camera in a spot we will watch as people walk through. Things happen. Things don't happen. There's dialogue, but it's way in the background. And we just sit there for, like, fucking five minutes. Right. And just, like, nothing is happening. But then you realize there's, like, one or two things or something will happen at the end of the shot. And then things will change. And so there's almost this, like, intentional boringness that is in, instigated into the film. Right. It, 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 it derives its pace. It, like, it it tells you what the pace is going to be, and right. you have to accept it. Uh, and that's very funny. Uh-huh. Uh, but also, so, like, he, uh, he he kind of, like, has very similar vibes to, I feel, Luca, right. uh, our director of uh, Call Me By Your Name, where where it's, like, it's, most to, it's, it's mostly there to show you the banality and nuances of moments, uh-huh. which is to say, like, something crazy and exciting and brutal and insane could be happening, but it's going to happen randomly at the end of, like, a really long, banal sequence where we don't expect it. And then very suddenly something happens and then going right back to nothing. Right. And... You know, a lot of times we don't see the things that are really impactful. You know, like, you know, people who are in shootings, right? They hear the shooting, but uh-huh. a lot of them don't actually see the shooter or get shot at. They just hear it, and that in and of itself is so deeply traumatizing, you know? And so it's like this, this like, banality. It's happening in the other room, like, but it's something horrific, perhaps, or something intense or something. And so the bit is about those little, the nuances of those moments and not actually the action in and of itself. Uh And so that is like a methodology of a long take that I actually kind of fuck with. And I feel like Luca like has a very similar neo-realistic style where his, his mindset is like, we're going to plop a camera down it's going to be a very like well-framed shot, uh-huh. but for the most part, we're going to get information down in there, and if we linger on it, it's going to only enhance those like little nuanced moments, uh-huh. and those little nuances are going to be the thing that make this what it is more than anything intentionally there, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It's almost like... If you want the film to live, it has to exist in, like, coexist in life. Mm-hmm. And life isn't very fast-paced. I'm sorry, I said it. It's okay. Wake the computer back up with um, my toe. Yeah, but life isn't very fast-paced, and life is usually, like, long bursts of nothing followed by random, ah! Right. And that is very much kind of the energy of Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. It's like a very, very, very long chase throughout the movie. Right. That ends in tragedy. Yeah, but it ends in tragedy so suddenly, right? And it's unexpected, and you're like, "Huh?" It's like getting sidelined, Weird. you know, just like, "Oof." Yeah, but then like the last shot of the movie, right, is is almost exactly the thing that I'm describing—that long take vibe, 
where right. they just set a camera down and Timothy Chalamet just kind of cries by the fireplace yeah. for like a really long fucking time. And you hear people fucking around in the background yeah. and, and you know, it's Christmas. So there's a bunch of Christmas shit going on and he's just sitting there just crying, crying you know, and, and he's not hiding it, but he's also not, you know, like it. he's not broadcasting. Yeah. So he's just, he's just kind of crying. And he's just dealing with it by himself. And so it's just it ends up being the most emotional kind of cry because he's not really trying not to cry. He just is crying and is not without intent. His his body's just going. Right. And the long take is more portraying the nuances of the the lingering loneliness that he now has to experience. You know, because like every moment without that character, those two characters together feels weirdly criminal and wrong after a point because they just feel so naturally like they go together and so he's just like sitting there silently crying over the entire credit sequence uh which is what nothing carry on but which is meant to just highlight like literally every second of his life is now going to be that weird silence Mm -hmm. of of not having that and right. it, it makes you really feel it. Um, it makes you really, really feel it. And so, like, that in and of itself is almost stronger than had they done some big stylish, and then he has a big cry about it, and, you yeah. know, a big thing. And so most of the things that happen in the movie are just, like, subtle conversational bits, and that usually covers the majority of the emotional basis. Right. Yeah. Do you know who else has long takes? What? We do. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> sorry. I, I don't know why that took me so long. I, I'm sorry. I, I, was cooking, I, I, was, I was hanging on to that one for a while. Uh, Looks like we're uh, coming we're, down to the last like 10 or so minutes. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about this film's quality? Quali- well, you know how we do at the end where we determine whether we like the film or not. Yeah. Um, do you? I mean, do you have any... Other spicy, fun, hot takes. It I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I. It's one of those. There's a couple movies we've watched where I think I would have had much better takes if I could have watched it two or three times. Yeah, fair. So I think that like, I have like, it's like the uh, the the seeds of my takes have been planted. They yeah. need to be watered with with rewatches. Fair. Well. Um, the 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 other thing I will I will add is that um, there's this bit where they read poetry to each other yeah. because this movie is gay. Uh, or, <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, they, and they talk about you know is it is it better to speak or to die? Yeah. Um, which is kind of that it's the seventeen year old gay vibe, right? Or it's the you know coming out vibe where it's like, is it better? to openly acknowledge who you are or just to die in silence and never actually live. And so if you never live and then you die, you've wasted your life. So is wasting your life generally better than dealing with the absolute nightmare, the bullshit that comes with actually speaking? Right. You know, and also putting yourself in that vulnerable spot where someone can hurt you that bad, you know, Mm -hmm. because... You, you've you know you're very you're very limited uh in in what your life is going to be you know so you don't really want things you don't want to lose you know you can't it's a big risk to take and then lose right and you know most everybody loses it uh, with enough time but <laughs> like the the question is you know is it better to well, you know that, that that old, is it better to have loved and lost than not to have loved? Yeah. You know, is it better to, like, put yourself in a vulnerable spot, or is it better to die? Uh, and the, the argument is actually fairly nuanced, even though it seems like it would, it would be so common sense to be like, well, speak, obviously. You should be who you are. You should not just be lame and die. But the when the when the threat and the punishment for speaking ends up being you know like it is in the United States during the eighties, where it's like AIDS crisis, you know, general bigotry and hatred, um, you know, social disacceptance, mm-hmm. Reagan era shit. Like, 
is it better to just die? Right. Because that shit sucks. So, like, if they're going to make your life hell, or if you, in and of yourself, are going to find your life being hell because you're so fucking lonely, like, which is better? And I think that the film fairly well argues that it's better to speak because with that scene with the dad where the dad's like, yeah, I got married to a woman and I'm having a great time uh, as a gay man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and he's like, don't do it. Don't. He like grabs Elio by the shirt and he like pulls him up to his face and he's like, don't fucking be straight anymore. Mm-hmm. You need to stop. No more fucking sex with the women. You go get your dick sucked, kid. It's yeah. very intimidating. Um, admittedly, if my dad would have done that to me, I would have killed him. <laughs> um, I, I would have been like, excuse me, who are you? <laughs> we have no, we don't have a relationship. Anyway, uh, the, the bit is uh, mostly just that that is the debate of the film. Right. And the, the way that the film kind of in a weird way <laughs> answers this debate is with that song that I mentioned at the beginning, that Love My Way song. Uh-huh. Which I don't know if you've ever looked into that song, but uh, not really. To well, be entirely honest, uh, that song. Uh, the first line is "There's an army on the dance floor." Uh, the bit being, it's just like, okay, so we've got a bunch of gay people in the '80s. Uh, the there's another line in it where it's like they're gonna put us on a train and take us away, uh-huh. and, and it's like, you know, basically being open about the fact that, like people are in for not only marginalization but genocide for being gay mm-hmm. uh and in order for them to like fight against that there has to be yeah they have to form an army on the dance floor with the other gays and then they have to actually stand up for love their way which is uh the the chorus is like love my way uh it's a new road love my way i uh i just go where my mind goes something like that uh-huh. so it's like talking about just like yo this is inherent we don't choose this and so it was like very literally one of the first things that was just like this whole debate about do i speak or die is dumb in a lot of ways because we don't get to choose uh you know we we are who we are we are what we are we just go where our mind goes and if that is something that is going to be punished by society, then so fucking be it. We form an army on the dance floor and we fight back. But, like, there's no sense in trying to be, like, something you're not because it's, like, genuinely impossible to do what your mind... do against what your mind desires. Um, so, right. like, in, in a weird way, the movie ideologically answers it with a song from the 80s. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I Gold mid or shit? Um, Abandon all nuance. Abandon all nuance. Let's go. Uh, gold. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. I didn't see that coming. I thought That's you were going to at least. Mid-ball. I thought at the most you were uh, going to do mid. Mid? Yeah. No, I, well... See, here's the problem. Oh. Is the movie has Timothy Chalamet. Oh yeah, he's he's a twink, so you gotta like it. I, I desperately like Timothy Chalamet. Is it because is it because you feel like he might be a femboy? Okay, like like Do you okay. have a thing for femboys? On top of on top of on top of blonde hair, imagine Timothy Chalamet with like cat ears. Oh, Meow. Yeah. Uh, Catboy cat Chalamet. <laughs> we uh, watch him fuck some fruit in his cat ears. No, so I, uh, on, on, on top of me just, like, really loving Timothy Chalamet, yes. uh, I think that I I really like, the, I don't know, I, I just, I really like the pacing of the movie a lot. Yeah. Um, I Like, I just think that, that Timothy Chalamet and Arnie Hammer play off each other phenomenally. Yeah, I think there's like a lot of like really. It's a shame about that whole draining women's blood. Yeah, it's a shame about Arnie Hammer being a weird sex pest. Yeah, but in this movie, as actors together, uh, they're rather good. They're rather they have good. chemistry. They have chemistry. One might say. Uh, the like, way I I sold you on this movie was I was like, there's a scene in this where somebody does something unspeakable, 
and uh, and you were like, well, tell me what happens. And I'm like, no, it's unspeakable. I can't say what it is. And, of course, I'm talking about the, the scene where he comes in the peach and then Army Hammer eats the peach. Um, <laughs> ah! Anyway, um, that in, in my brain is like, anyway, that's how I sold you on the movie. So I got to ask, did it live up to the hype? Was it as shocking as, as I said? Uh. Oh no, I'm pretty. I have a pretty high shock threshold at this point. Yeah, you've been hanging with me for a while. Like, huh? <laughs> it's like you can't show me sallow and then be like, "This is gonna shock you." It's uh, it's a hot boy uh, pretending to come in a peach. Yeah, after now s- this like, is shocking. Like after after sallow, it's like, oh well. I mean, at least he didn't <laughs> get get drawn and quartered while having shit shoved in his mouth. That's true. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, Thank the Lord. Yeah. Um, so gold. I. Gold. I, I would like okay. to. I'm, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait a couple months and watch it again. Uh, About the Sigma male angle. Uh, do you hate it for that at all? Like I don't know. It's weird how. So we'll see. This here, okay. Here's here's the problem. Is like. Yeah. I don't. I, for me, like you have to interpret Sigma movies by their cultural impact in that right in that group of shit asses yeah so i haven't i i I legitimately haven't seen any 4chan shit ass like post a picture of timothy chalamet or arnie hammer and be like wow this is literally me yeah i got fucked in the ass by an older dude yeah well you know i will i will say uh i had at the time or at least in the last year or two I've seen a lot of this, like, yeah, Elio's life is literally like mine, like, growing up like that, and then all this stuff happening, and then, like, how that affected my life, you know, later on, is literally me, and this is why I bring it up as being, like, a, well, you know, that's not necessarily fantastic. Right, yeah, that's not a... That's not great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not, I don't know if I'd be proud, too proud of that one, uh, yeah. if possible. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I'm going to give... Ah, boy. I'm going to go with gold. But I'm going to admit it's a bit begrudging, even though I like the movie. And I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the movie this time around, because I expected that I was going to be really yikes out. But I felt that the movie was very delicate, which made me upset. Because then I can't... I've... So, I read Lolita. Um, I even read it recently. Yeah. Uh, Lolita is not delicate. It is It is a man, very bold-faced, being open about his pedophilia. And uh-huh. a lot of people are like, oh, it's it's like pedophilia apologia. It's not. Like, it, it, if you read that and think that that is not portraying him to be the creepiest fuck on the planet... I don't know. Maybe you learn. Are, maybe you're the creepiest fuck yeah. on the planet. Learn, you know what I mean? learn how to differentiate between a protagonist and a good guy. Exactly. So my mention of that here is that I think that while this movie could potentially exhibit a lot of pretty bad, literally me shit, and also some pretty bad like gay cis dude sigma male bullshit. Um, it's all it's in there. There's see, no there's no it's not in there. It's in there. See this this movie is saved because most sigma males are obnoxiously right wing. Well, and they're, true. They're not gonna watch this movie, right? So if drive sure. if in drive like it was about the driver going after a twink, yeah, like, it would have been a different story. It would have. Four chan would never have touched it. Right. Um. But like. Yeah, I I don't know my main point here is just that i think i think if if we can all agree that lolita is a piece of critical media and not necessarily an endorsement and a lot of people really misread it and while yes i think that the cultural reaction to it has been bad i actually really don't think that it's too much the fault of nabokov um i don't think he encourages it too much because uh, the book is very bold-faced about what it is, right? right? I would say the same is true of Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. While, yes, there are these like weird Sigma male bullshit things in there, for the most part, it is a piece that is critical of the vibe of like how most 
like, or a lot of cis gay dudes find out that they're gay because some dude that's like 30 grooms them so that they can fuck them. Like, like what? Ooh, a hot femboy bottom. I gotta get go for it. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like kind of shitty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the movie acknowledges this. The movie acknowledges that like they did have something. It's mm-hmm. a shame that the that Army Hammer was kind of just using Elio uh, for the for the time that they were together, right? And then was just gonna fuck off and not you know back him up. Uh, so I feel like if you watch the movie and actually get a reading on it, then you're going to learn that it's not an endorsement of these things that that a lot of people see in it. In the same way that Lolita is not an endorsement of a lot of the things that people see in it. So uh, we do need to talk about this weird vibe of, like, dudes going after young guys, right? But I feel like this was a fairly successful way of doing it. Yeah. So I'm going to go with gold. Sorry. Yeah. I liked, I liked that. Um, I, think, I think that I'm not going to do the thing where it's, like, only immature people feel whatever. But I do feel like there's a level of maturity to your media analysis where you have to be like, okay – how like as much as this might appall me uh how much of this is like a story that desperately needs to be told and i need to listen to it Uh even if it bothers me because like it being bothersome is usually a tie to it being like relevant Mm -hmm. you know in a weird way and it's not really trying to shock you with it it's trying to tell that story and in its relevance right so uh, that's podcast. I think that's podcast. Uh, let us know in the comments what you want the uh, the next season. Next season yeah. to be uh, whether we just do we kind of go back to our general vibe, mm-hmm. or if we keep on doing Sigma stuff. Uh, Lord knows we're having fun. Lord knows, and we have plenty more Sigma movies to do. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so just let us know. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you next week. All right. Now I'm gonna go shit my pants. <laughs>